0: The Vampire Made by Hugh Nesbitt. It was the exact kind of abode I had been looking after for weeks, for I was in that condition of mind when absolute renumbrance of society was necessary, become different of myself and worried of my kind. Strange unrest was in my blood, a barren diff in my brains. Familiar objects and faces have grown distasteful to me. I wanted to be alone. This is the mood. This comes upon very, every sensitive and artistic mind. When a possessor had been overworked or living too long in one groove, it is nature's hint for him to seek pastures new a sign, a retreat, has become needful. He does not yield. He does not yield. He breaks down, becomes whimsical, hypochondriacal as well as hypocritical. It is always a bad sign when a man comes overcritical and censorious by his own or other people's work, for it means he's losing the vital portions of work, freshness and enthusiasm. If I arrive at the dismal stage of criticism. I hastily packed up my snap sack and, taking a drain, train to Westmoreland, again in my tramp in search of solitude, bracing air romantic surroundings. Many places I came upon during the early summer wandering that appeared to have almost the quiet conditions. Yet some pretty drawback, petty drawback, prevented me from deciding. Sometimes its scenery I did not kindly take kindly too. Other places, I took sudden geographies to the landlady or landlord. I felt I would appall them after a week, they spent under their charge. Other places, which meant, might have suited me, I could not have, as they did not want a lodger. Fateways drive me to this cottage on the moor, where no one can resist destiny. One day I found myself on a wide and pathless moor, near the sea. I slept the night before at a small hamlet that was already eight miles in my rear since I turned my back upon it. If it it had I not been any signs of humanity, I was alone with a fair sky above me, a balmy ozlone, field wind blowing over stony, heather-clad mounds, and nothing disturbed my meditations. A farther more stretch I had no knowledge, I knew by the keeping of a straight line that could come to the ocean cliffs, perhaps of the time arrive at some fishing vessel village. I had provisions in my knapsack and being young did not feel night under the stars. as hearing the delicious summer air and once more getting back to the vi- vigour and happiness I had lost. The city drained brains were uh, again becoming juicy. Thus, hour after hour slipped past me, with paces into a covered about fifteen miles since morning. I saw before me in the distance a solitary stone built cottage with roughly slated roof. I'll camp near if it's possible, I said to myself as I quickened my steps towards it. To one in search of a quiet, free life, nothing could have possibly been more suitable than. Then this cottage. he stood by the edge of a lofty cliffs, his front door facing the moor, a backyard wall overlooking the ocean. Sound of dancing waves struck upon my ears like a lullaby as I draw near. How they could thunder when autumn gales came on, and the sea birds fled shrieking to the shelterless ledges. A small garden spread in front, surrounded by dry stone wall just high enough for one to lean lazily upon when inclined. If garden was a flame of colour, scarlet predominating, with those other soft shades that cultivated poppies take on their blooming, for this is all that the garden grew. As I approached, taking notice of this singular assortment of poppies and the only cleanness of the windows, the front door opened and a woman appeared, who impressed me once favourably, and as she leisurely came along the pathway to the gate, and drew it back as if to welcome me. She was of middle age, when young, must have been remarkably good-looking, she was tall, still shapely, with small, smooth, clear skin, regular features a calm expression, that at once gave me a sensation of rest. To my inquiry, she said she could give me both her sitting and a bedroom, invited me inside to see them. As soon as I looked at her smooth black hair and cool brown eyes, I felt I could not be too particular about the commendation. For such a landlady, I was sure to find what I was after here. The room surpassed my expectation dainty white curtains and bedding with perfume lavender about them sitting room homely yet cozy, without being crowded. A sigh of infinite relief I flung down my knapsack and clinched the bargain. She is a widow with one daughter, whom I did not see the first day, as she was unwell and confined to her own. Room. But on the next day she was somewhat better than we met. The affair was simple, yet it suited me exactly for the time. This is milk and butter with homemade scones, fresh eggs and bacon. After hot tea, I went early to bed in a condition of perfect content with my quarters. Yet happy and tired, out as I was, I had by no means a comfortable night. Yes, I put down to a strange bed. I felt I slept certainly, but my sleep was filled with dreams so that I woke late and refreshed. The good walk of the moor however, restored me. I turned with a fine appetite for breakfast certain conditions of mind vegetating circumstances were required when a young man could fall in love at first sight As shakespeare shown in romeo and juliet in the city where many fair faces passed me every hour i remained like a stoic yet no sooner did i enter the cottage before that, after that morning walk i succumbed instantly of the weird charms of my landlady's daughter, Adeline Bramell. you was somewhat better this morning, able to meet me at breakfast, for we had our meals together while I was their lodger. Adeline was not a beautiful in a strictly classical sense, complexion being too la- 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 lively white, her suspicion too set, be quite pleasant at first sight, yet her mother had informed me she'd been ill for some time which accounted for that defect, her features were not regular, her hair and her eyes seemed too black, with that strangely white skin, her lips too red for any except the kettent harmonies of an albury ba- ba- burns beetly. Yet my fantastic dreams of preceding night, in my morning walk, prepared me f- to be enthralled by this modern posted like invalid, loneliness and amour with the morn with singing in the ocean had gripped my heart with wistful longing. Their incongruity, their flaunting and effervescent poppy flowers, dashing the giddy tints in the face of the sober heath, touched me with a shiver as I approached the cottage. Lastly, the weird embodiment of startling contrasts completed my subgradation. He rose from chair, What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus performance line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Chair, as a mother induced her, and smiled while she held at her hand. I grasped that soft snowflake. As I did so, a faint thrill tinged over me, rested on my heart, stopping for the moment. It's beating. This contract seemed also to affected her, as it did me. A clear flush like a white flame lighted up her face, so that it glowed as if an anabaster lamp had been lit. Her black eyes became softer and more hum- humid, humid as our glasses crossed. The scarlet lips grew moist. She was a living woman now, while well, before she seemed half a corpse. He permitted a white, slender hand, a mane, in mine longer than most people do, and an interruption, as he slowly withdrew it, still regarding me with steadfast eyes, for a second or two afterwards. Travellous, velvety eyes, these were, yet before they were shifted from mine, appeared to have resolved all my willpower, and made me her abject slave. They looked like deep, dark pools of clear water, Yet they filled me with fire and depraved me of strength. I sank into my chair, almost as languidly as I'd risen from my bed that morning. Yet I made a good breakfast, although she hardly tasted anything. This strange girl rose, much refreshed, with a slight glow of colour on her cheeks, which improved so her so greatly she appeared younger and almost beautiful. I come here seeking solitude, but since I've seen Anadette, Dean. It seemed as if i come for her only. She's not only li- very lively. is not very lively indeed. Thinking back, I cannot recall any spontaneous remarks of hers. She answered my questions by monosyllables, vil- they have been le- lead in words, yet she is insinuating. U- a- sin- u- a- sin- u- a- in and appeared to lead my faults in her direction, to speak to me with her eyes. I cannot describe her minutely. Minute. I know, only know, from the first glance the touch she gave me, every which I could only think of nothing else. His rapid distracting and devouring infatuation that possessed me all day long, I followed her about like a dog, Every night I dreamed about that what, that white glowing face, her steadfast black eyes, her moist lips, scarlet lips. every morning I rose more languid than I had been the day before. Sometimes I dreamt she was kissing me with those red lips while I shivered at the contact of her silky black tresses as they covered my throat sometimes that we were floating in the air, our arms about me. A long hair of been us, both like an inky cloud, while I am of pine, and helpless. She went with me after breakfast on the, that first day to the mall. Came, before we came back, I had spoken my love and received her as I held her in my arms and had taken her kisses and answered to mine, nor did I f- think it strange that this had happened so quickly. She was mine, or rather I was hers, About Paul's. I told it it her its fate, and it had that had sent me to her, but I had no doubts about my love. She replied I had stored her to life. Acting upon her, I had lines of advice, also from nature's natural shyness, I did not tell my mother how quickly matters had progressed between us. Yet although we both acted as so complexly as possible, I had no doubt Miss Brunel could see how engrossed we were in each other. Lovers are not unlike ostriches in their modes. concealment is not afraid of asking. Miss prepared for a daughter, for she already showed her partially towards me and bestowed upon me some conferences regarding our own position life. Therefore I knew that, so far as social position was concerned, there could be no real objection to our marriage. They lived in this lonely spot for the sake of their health. kept no servant because they could not get away to take service so far away. Because they could not get any to take service so far away from the other humanity. by coming have been no tune and we welcome yet both to both mother and daughter. For we could decorum However, I resolved to delay my confession for a week or two, and trust to some favourable opportunity of doing it discreetly. Meantime, Adelaide and I passed our time in a fairly idle and lotus-eating style. Every night I retired to bed meditating, studying work the next day. Each morning I rose languid from those disturbing dreams, with no thought of anything outside my love. She grew stronger every day. I appeared to be taking a place as an invalid, yet it was more frantically phen- phen- in love of than ever. Only happy when with her, so she was my lone star, my only joy, my life. We did not go great distances, for I, did. I liked best to lie on the dry heath. Watch her glowing face and intense in, eyes. While well, I listened to surging, the distant ways, his love made me lazy. A fault for no, unless a man has all he all he longs for beside him, he's apt to copy the domestic cat and bask in the sunshine. I've been enchanted quickly. My disenchantment came rapidly, though it was long before a poison left my bod, blood. One night after a couple of weeks of my coming to the cottage, I turned off a delicious moonlight walk with Adelaide Nadine. The night was warm and the moon at full, therefore I left my bedroom window open, let in what little air there was. And morning and usually flagged out. So I had an only so that I only had enough only strength enough to remove my boots and coat before I flung myself wearily on the coverlet. I fell almost instantly asleep without tasting the nightcap draft, which was constantly placed on the table, which I had always drained firstly. Had a ghastly dream this night. I thought I saw months back the face and tresses of Adele de flying in the window, open and fasten its white teeth and scarlet lips to, on my arm. Tried to beat the horror away, but I could not, for I seemed chained down and frail. Also, with drowsy delight, the beast sucked my blood with gruesome rapture. I looked out dreamily and saw a line of dead bodies of young men lying on the floor. Each had a red mark on their arms, on the same part with a vampire and sucking, was then sucking me. And I remembered having seen and wondered at such a mark on my own arm for the past fortnight. In a flash, I understood the reason for my strange witness. At the same moment, a sudden prick of pain aroused me from my drow, dreamy pleasure. A burn in eagerness had bitten me a little too deeply, at night unaware had not tasted a draught. As I woke, I saw her fully revealed by the moonlight, midnight moon, her black tresses flowing loosely, her red lips glued to my arm, the shriek of horror dashed her backwards. Getting one last glimpse of her savage eyes, glowing white face, and blood-stained red lips, when I rushed out in the night, moved on by my fear and hatred. Nor did I pause in my mad flight until I had left mile between me that cursed cottage on the moor. At Parker, our purpose is simple: we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently.